welcome back to our podcast about the Grapes of Wrath. Um, today we'll be discussing the themes that we see in the book and character developments. Um, today I'm your host, Jake, joined by... Aspen Zoom. Kira Donovan. All right, let's jump right in. Um, so first, to analyze the themes that are present in the book, we have to examine our characters and how they develop throughout these chapters. I definitely think uh, one person that we can definitely realize has come a long way and just has changed a lot from the beginning is Ma. And I just... A little bit of elaboration on all the different things she's gone through. She had her son go to jail. She lost her home. She had both of both grandma and grandpa die at this point, and she's just kind of pushing through and still like protecting and feeding and just being there for her family. Mm-hmm. Like she's definitely like still strong, but I feel like she's lo- not losing it. I feel like she's kind of losing it a little because, like, she still has strength in her. But, like, because Grandma died and she was the only one who knew about it, like, throughout basically the whole night, like, she, she's a little, I think she's a little, like, beat up about it, but she doesn't want to show it too much. I understand where you're coming from with the losing it, but I feel like at the same time, it's also helping her gain strength. Yeah, that's true, Because an example would be when, um... When Grandma died, and this was before they were stopped by the police, mm-hmm. she acted as though she was still alive. She went the entire night laying next to her body yeah. on the mattress because she didn't want to let her family know or disrupt what they had going on, and they wanted to reach their des- destination. I just think that that gave her strength, yeah, even though I do understand where you're coming from. Where I definitely think she is gaining strength, though, too, from it. She, I think in some aspects, what would you say, like, the aspects she was losing? Because she like, was definitely losing it. But it's kind of like when, when Grandpa died, we know, like, he... When Grandpa died, Grandma was very, like, her heart was, like, breaking. And I feel like Ma's heart is also breaking, but, like, it's not breaking completely. Like, I... I feel I like she has to, an internal like they're, strength. Like, they're tied together. Like, I don't know. She has an internal strength, but it's, like, externally she's breaking, if that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like Ma has shown some true resilience, not wanting to jeopardize the the Joad's mission, per se, or their goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but Grandma um, is really kind of... She developed into more of a person who was ready to go um, on page 210 of the book. She describes how kind of lonely she feels. And it kind of demonstrates how ready she is to move on. Um, Speaking of another character that's kind of ready to move on is Noah. Um, In the beginning of the 18th chapter of the book, um, the Joads pull over to a rest stop where they decide to set up camp and kind of wade into the water, wash themselves off, and relax. While in the water, Noah is like, man, I could really just stay here forever and just soak and catch fish. And I think that kind of like 
set something in his mind like this is what I want to do I don't feel like going all the way to California and this idea of not wanting to go to California is compounded by this new family that wades into the water and tells them how poorly they were treated um, they were called Okies which are people who it started off people who came from uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, but it turned into anybody who they disliked that was moving towards California for to seek a better life. Mm-hmm. Would you say that him leaving would prove that he's strong or that he's weak? Well, first of all, we have to um, analyze that. How he left was he just decided to go downriver. He told the boys that Tom and Pa and Casey that he just wanted to leave. So he ended up just walking down the river, kind of on his own. And I I agree with you that it shows how he was willing to kind of make that step and go off on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of showing some more resilience that like, we see throughout mm-hmm. the book. Especially because he grew up like not 100% accepted, I guess, because he was, I think, I remember reading that he was born, like, differently, and it was a very difficult birth for the mom and him, and, like, he was never, no one ever was really fully accepted, I don't think, by Pa, but, like, there was, there's there was always, so like... So there's boundaries between... There them. was, yeah, like, com- some conflict between that. I would say him leaving is more, like, him being realistic, because after being told by the other people there at the camp that... It wasn't as good as they thought. You know, Pa was one of the people who was still like, oh, we're not there yet, it's gonna get better. But Noah was like, we're gonna, I'm just gonna leave if that's, if you guys are gonna pursue that. So you talked about him being realistic, and I think another person within the book at this point that is just becoming a lot more realistic is Ruthie, the little girl. Um, And Kira, what would you say, like how would you say that she's becoming more realistic? So before, she was very, she was kind of, I would say Pa was one of the most excited people. He was like, oh, we're not there yet. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. And her being a kid, she kind of had the same enthusiasm about it. But then later, um, on page 202, she said, we got the desert yet when they first said they got into California. So that kind of showed that she was more, like, she knows that it's not as good as we, you know what I mean? Like, they got mm-hmm. there, but it's not what they expected because some of them are denying that they're even in California. But she's like, "Oh, we're in California. We got the desert yet." Yep. Yeah, I feel like that just shows just everyone at this point is just becoming yeah, like having this realization that like life isn't perfect and it's not going to be. It's not going to be what they all thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. They're kind of maturing from their kind of previous, for lack of a better word, ignorance. Um, of their situation and the situation in California. I feel like we could tie this into like themes and just bring this conversation towards like the themes aspect of it because I feel like a theme of this could definitely be like expectation versus reality. Yeah. Because they had a lot of high hopes for this place and it just, after hearing about the families, like, sure, there's some aspects where. Their expectation was met. It was beautiful there. They thought it was amazing. Yeah. But at the same time, they're not sure if they can make a life there. Yeah, because they were told by the two men that came and, like, was in the water with them. Like, they said that it wasn't great for a lot of people there. 
because like work wasn't great either and like and on their journey to their previous rest stop mm-hmm. they were told by multiple people about how the situation wasn't as first thought of um, especially when they had the flyer saying oh California is this great place a lot of people were actually coming back mm-hmm. from California and were basically yeah. like the two men in the river said they were going home because they couldn't make a living and they were just going to they, starve themselves and, and they die. would rather like starve mm-hmm. like at home where they grew up rather than in a place where they didn't know anybody I feel like another thing that just revolves around these few chapters is death. We've seen a lot of death in these few chapters, and it's just everything's tying in. And people, they try and make a life out in California, and they realize the only thing is to go and starve. And people leaving are dying. They can't make the journey. It's just kind of a tragic time for everybody. So why do you all think that California posted like those brochures, kind of, where they were like, there's work here. Come and come to California. I feel like it's just like these big businesses have these have this authority over everybody, and they decide that oh hey we can make more profit mm-hmm. by having more people, and we have to pay less. We don't have to pay everybody this like good amount, a normal amount, because everybody is just going for anything at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that they have so much power is that they're trying to um, pinch pennies wherever they can find them. That's true. Mm-hmm. And by kind of making the situation look better than what it is, they have more people coming. More people means more people wanting a job, which means wages can go down. And uh, that helps yep. them as a business. Yeah, I didn't think and that. I think part of that is they may not have the power like I was talking about, but it's almost like a gateway to gaining some. Because having like this control over the people where, oh hey, we, we have jobs, like you, you can have these jobs, but you're getting low wages, they have they're gaining power from this and authority over the people. Yeah. Yeah, for and, me sorry. Keep going. For me I was thinking, um, like why would they be posting ads for work if they were already overflowing with workers essentially? But then it comes to you realize they're doing it because they want an overabundance of workers so they can not pay them adequately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that goes back to like the authority thing. Like, yeah, I feel saying. like authority could be another theme gathered yeah. just from this. Um, with all these people coming into California, um, a lot of prejudice is happening um, that we see. Um, this is kind of displayed when the family gets to the rest stop, and it's just the women in the little tent area. And this cop shows up, and they're being called Okies and telling them that they have to leave um, by the morning, otherwise they're going to get arrested. And the girls are kind of caught off guard because they weren't expecting it right away. But a lot of people who are privileged are really have a lot of prejudice against the non-privileged, which I think is a theme that we see. Mm-hmm. That like still shows more. That just shows more of the authority that. I think yep. authority, yeah, I definitely think authority is a leading theme in this so far, just because yeah, anybody, the, anybody who has authority is already a step higher than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see this, yeah, that authority kind of comes in play with that cop, and then as the 
border con or the border control of California as the Jodes come up to it. Um, they're kind of making them unload all their stuff just to really check over their vehicle. But like, are they really checking it over, or like, what? Just the, annoying. Like, them. just to be, like, I don't really know what the word Rude. is. Rude. Yeah. yeah, and to show that they have the power. To show that they. To make themselves feel better than them. I True. guess kind of. And I feel like there's also a theme of honor there because the Jodes they were like, we don't have anything in here. We don't want to be inspected as if we're suspect suspicious of something. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I definitely think they're a very. Not prideful per se, but they honorable kind of. Yeah, they value themselves and they value how they are respected. And I think that's a good character trait because obviously they stand up for themselves. So, yeah, I think that here we can really examine that a lot of these characters have developed um, more resilience and fortitude within themselves. Um, many themes of authority, privilege, um, and the like are really shown throughout these chapters of the book. And I think this is just a really good place to end off on. Um, next week, we will be talking about... Reading like professors. So, so we'll examine some figurative language, metaphors, similes, and that kind of stuff. Uh, thank you for joining us on our second episode, and have a nice day.